<laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercato Brothers. Will, you're fired from the podcast. Happy Just Halloween. kidding. Uh, we're so excited to be back with you guys. This is our part two of 8-bit Castlevania music. Now, what are we calling this? 8-bit spooktacular? Yeah. Is that what we're going with? This is spooktacular, spooktacular. part two. Um, if you guys remember last week, we did Castlevania 1, 2, and a little bit of the adventure. Today, we're going to be focusing on mainly Castlevania 3, a couple tracks from uh, Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge. But first of all, thanks so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. And once again, we are joined by our good friend, Tim Turry. Thanks for coming back, Tim. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me back again. Uh, I definitely couldn't miss talking about uh, Castlevania 3. Or it's actually Akumaju Densetsu 3 in Japan. Yes. which yeah. it's, it's like... I think it's Devil Castle Dracula is the Japanese name for the original series. And yeah. it makes total sense. Devil Castle Dracula. Absolutely. And this is Devil Castle or Legend, I think. Devil Castle uh, Legend Dracula so, 3. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, we have to admit that we're recording both of these uh, together on the same day. Mm-hmm. So these are coming out uh, a week apart. But yeah, and I, I, well, I'm worried for future Halloweens. I don't know how I'm going to keep coming up with new and different spooky voices. I'm not too worried to about that. I think I, you'll... I You'll really, be able to figure it out. I was thinking about it a lot. <laughs> well, guys, what you heard playing in with, everybody knows that is the wonderful prelude theme from Castlevania 3. And you may have heard something different. We're going to play, for the most part, the VRC6 version of this soundtrack. Um, like Tim was mentioning, the Famicom, the Japanese version, one of the few games to use the VRC6, which added two additional square channels and a really cool sawtooth channel, which is used pretty much exclusively for the bass in this version. We're going to play a couple NES tracks just to give you a little little bit of a um you know to go back and forth between the two versions but before we get into any more castlevania 3 let's play a few tracks from castlevania 2 belmont's revenge for the game boy because we wanted to you know in this 8-bit spooktacular we want to feature some some cool game boy music so let's start things off with the track called new messiah also known as crystal castle and this uh, game was actually composed by one person all we have here is haidahori finauchi composed this uh by himself let's take a listen to new messiah is a rocking way to start today's episode off. You guys are listening to New Messiah, Crystal Castle. Uh, makes me think of the band Crystal Castles. Maybe they're influenced by that. This is composed by Haidahiri, Haidahiri Finauchi from Castlevania II, Belmont's Revenge. This track is awesome. And you know, you, so you, good. you were talking a little bit about the uh, VRC6 chip and the sawtooth used for the bass. Like, yeah. is that similar to the bass instrument that's being similar. used Similar. I think it's this? called Wave. Yeah, they okay. have, well, it, there's multiple settings that you can do on the Game Boy Wave chip. It can either okay. be a triangle or it can be a sawtooth. So it's similar. It's, it's so crunchy. It's like, great. Yeah, we were talking about when we were listening to this why I'm not surprised why the Game Boy has lived on to be the most popular choice for modern chip 
chip tuners. I think there's something so hard-hitting and badass about the sound of the Game Boy, and Will was saying that it sounds more like digital and computerized. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. That, I mean, specifically that bass sounds like a com- like an old computer printer just really going yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> or computer hard drives. Uh, if you've heard some of those like YouTube videos mm-hmm. of people yeah. composing game music yeah, with those bad yeah, hard yeah. drives, it's great. Yeah, no, what a great track to start off today. Uh, one of my favorites of this whole soundtrack. For me, I enjoy uh, the adventure maybe a little more than Belmont's Revenge, but there are some standout well, tracks that I love. I think it's more like this. sort of a parody of Castlevania music, but I think this one has a slightly more unique voice, maybe. Well, now I'm just going to move on to a track called Praying Hands, which yes. is known as Cloud Castle. Here we go. Awesome. You guys are listening to Praying Hands, also known as Cloud Castle, from Castlevania II Belmont's Revenge for the Game Boy. I believe this came out in 1991. This one's great, too. I mean, this one definitely ma- reminds me of um, Bloody Tears a little bit mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, but then it just goes to some really weird places, too. Uh, the panning it, is so extreme in this soundtrack. You yeah. know, you have that bass that's going from left to right to the center really quickly. It just It's kind of a... Disorienting that feeling. Game Boy bass instrument is just so <laughs> classic, especially in its sort of upper register when it's doing the. Da, 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 you get da, some da, pitch da. problems with it when it gets up there, but I like oh, it a it lot. It feels so classic to me. It just reminds me Metroid Two and Mario and it, Land. It makes 1 sense and 2. why, um, you know, in some ways why I think some of this soundtrack is maybe a little more rocking than Castlevania One or Two uh, for the NES, and I think it makes sense because of like the harsh biting sounds of the game but i think it kind of it was a match made in heaven there i agree um now we're going to move on to the last track we'll talk about for belmont's revenge because most of this episode we need to dedicate to castlevania 3 because it's such a long dense soundtrack let's play ripe seeds also known as plant castle here we go
guys are listening to Ripe Seeds from Castlevania to Belmont's Revenge. Now, while we were listening to this, uh, we all couldn't help but notice the extreme harsh panning of the bass. I think it's the square, uh, or a pulse, I should say, channel. I feel like, it's it's like I have to try so hard to like hear it as one line, and it almost somehow diminishes the effect of the pulse for me. You think so? Because by the panning, it almost creates this illusion that it's like things aren't synced up in the right rhythm. It sounds like... Yeah, it's supposed to be like... Yeah. But you don't hear it that way. Yeah. Your ears aren't going to your brain at the same I always wonder, especially in 1991, when you think about... What were they composing this on? What were they listening? Were they really listening to this on headphones and purposely trying to make it for the headphone experience, or were they just writing it and listening to it on a TV and like, oh yeah, we'll pan it and whatever? Because most yeah. people will play it probably with well, just and maybe the, they want yeah, that TV or, or maybe speaker you know, or, or maybe no Boy. speaker. You know, there's yeah. a, there's a startling amount of people that just don't listen yeah. to the music at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I also like them switching up the the bass instrument too for that one. You know, totally. give a little bit of a break, giving it to the square. Yeah. Well, I think this is a maybe a record on our podcast for the earliest we're going to feature a track of the week. But it's time for this week's track of the week. And the first track we're going to play in earnest from Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. We're playing the Famicom version for most of these tracks, featuring the VRC6 chip. Let's take a listen to Beginning. And this soundtrack was composed by Hidenori Miyazawa, Jun Funahashi, Yuki Morimoto, and Yashitori Sasaki. And I got to say, for any fans of this series, if you were to play this game for the first time, I think this part would be sort of the pinnacle of your experience because it's like this music feels so at home in the series and it's it's almost elevating all of the things that made the original two soundtracks so fantastic with that said let's take a listen to beginning listening to beginning from castlevania 3 the vrc6 version you really can't get better than this this is one of the best 8-bit themes it is a ever. fantastic melody and i feel like the one of my favorite things about castlevania the opening phrases whether it's something like wicked child or bloody tears from castlevania 2 or vampire killer from the original castlevania where you have the da 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 like i feel like you need a really confident opening lick or phrase and this track just so has that it's really powerful and triumphant and then when the melody the a melody comes in in earnest it's just so satisfying and this captures sort of the dance quality of castlevania music the old kind of horror quality of it mm-hmm. and just the the sensation of that this is especially because this time this game takes place almost like at the earliest point yeah. in the whole series timeline it's essentially the beginning of the series or at least it, there's other ones that take place before it but we won't get into the lore or the timeline uh but you know, Thank you. Something about the 
getting your it gets its hooks in you really well. And you were talking about it a little bit before we listened to the song, but this very much was a return to form. I mean, because you remember Simon's Quest was a cool game, but it was so different. And this was like hits you over the head with like, no, this is Castlevania. It mm-hmm. looked like Castlevania. It felt like it, and very importantly, it sounded like it after this dramatic like drum roll intro. Um, yep. And it just was this really reassuring like, okay, this is the core. This is what the series is. We we understand the series identity. I mean, well, having the prelude and then this. Oh, it's such a solid mm-hmm. beginning. Well, that's why I feel like each of these, th- this Castlevania trilogy on the NES, they each have such iconic main themes. So I feel like if you take Vampire Killer, Bloody Tears, and this beginning. track, the beginning, you have almost like a trilogy of fantastic main themes yeah. for the characters and for the series. And yeah, they really kind of mean a lot. That's a good point. And then, you know, with four, you have Simon's theme and Bloodlines, you have mm-hmm. uh, Reincarnated Soul. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah then, now, now, we'll talk about this, guys, as we go on, but a little bit of just, you know, kind of introducing the different things we're hearing in that VRC6 chip. The Sawtooth instrument is used pretty much only for the bass on the soundtrack and it really gives it just kind of this bad at we talk almost like the game boy just like this really like this buzzy quality that you can't help but you just can't ignore that now one thing that i mean will we're talking about one of the reasons we want to play a couple nes uh versions is that sometimes i feel like the melody gets a little bit lost it's because a little obscured sometimes it's kind of drowned by that sawtooth bass it's so loud and present that it's almost like you're listening to that more than the melody sometimes. And I feel like there's certain examples where the VRC6 just totally elevates it. For example, in the prelude oh and gosh. the end yes. credits, anything with sort of a lot of arpeggios where the bass line retains its own independence, I think the sawtooth really comes and in it's, handy it's for that. it's just fun because... But for some of the level themes, I feel like the melody is almost more clear in the... It's fun because you don't hear this very often. You know, we got a little bit used to it with something like Shovel Knight, but, you know, especially back in this time, there was very few games that ever used it. So I think we're going to move on and to... only in Japan, I believe, for the disc system did they have this VRC6 version? Well, it's actually also it was in the cartridge. Uh, mm-hmm. So Famicom cartridges, like I, I, last time I was in Japan, I bought a, a cartridge of oh, uh, right. a Castlevania 3 and right. I have something that can play Famicom games. I have a Famicom and uh, pop it in. Yeah, it's got this VRC6 in That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, now let's move on to the boss battle from Castlevania 3. I love this one. Here we go. Listening to the boss battle theme from Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, composed by some wonderful Konami composers. What I love about that one, this this track in particular, is it just kind of ramp up, ramps up. It's like this. And then it you know it never loops that part again. Yep. And it's like this very 
full, like, we're really competent boss tune, and then you have, like, this the arpeggio kind of going over the entire thing, which kind of, like, just wraps this kind of whole spooky package up Kind together. of a whole tone like arpeggio. The, yeah, all the extra channels with the VRC6, it just, it feels so busy, and it's not the kind of thing where channels are doing the same kind of thing. It's like, we have an arpeggio, we have a melodic line, we have a bass line, and they're all kind of playing in and out of each other. And it feels incredibly full. And it's like there's so much atmosphere. I think that's the thing that I really love about Castlevania music is there, I think, whether they are or are not pushing the boundaries of hardware or sound or composition, they're always pushing the boundaries of atmosphere. They were some of the earliest atmospheric games and it's hard to think of you know the original 8-bit games as really being moody or spooky but they were but they at the so time, were. They totally yeah. were you know as a kid you know and i was watching my cousins play this growing up i had a sega i had, I had a sega master system cool okay. system but not like it's nothing compared to nintendo i'm oh not my gosh, gonna try to not pretend even close uh and i would watch them play this game and i just felt like oh my gosh it's like they're playing like an old old school like universal monsters you know horror movie yeah and these these tracks are like Probably 60% of what's selling that. You and know? they just Absolutely. don't feel at home in that kind of universe. And it's things that you can't even describe because with the Universal pictures, it's like sometimes they would use music like, obviously in Dracula, they used Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some of them, they had, you know, original or scores of the opera. Yeah, there's not like one specific kind of you know, musical sound for those films, but the the composers for this series just did such an impeccable job of and I think really elevating the tone for what these games are. It's nice were that we can be. stop and think about that, but really when you're a kid, you're not really thinking as but much about that. You're just effortless. accepting it. Yeah. It's effortless. It feels right. It helps you to be thrown into this Nothing universe. Nothing is so out of place. We're going to play one of the two tracks that we're going to do, the the North American version. So the regular old, you know, boring old NES. We want to try to, you know, spice it up to, to maybe appreciate the VRC6 so you guys can hear the difference between them. So you this definitely is, feel a little bereft without it. It's an yeah. interesting transition. Yeah, so this is Clockwork, North American version from Castlevania 3. Awesome. You guys are listening to Clockwork. So unbelievably classic. I'm glad we got to play the NES version of this because there's something that is not present in the VRC6 version. The melodies are a little bit more prominent. Um, well, the, 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 these instruments just have such a bite. Da, 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 da. It's definitely not as badass. There's no, I mean, and there is something missing, especially if you're going from that other version to hear this. But I feel it like, feels this, like this track isn't trying to be rocking or hardcore. It's very intricate, and there's a lot of 
busy. It's much more noty. Like I feel like a lot of Castlevania mm-hmm. music, maybe the arpeggios or the supporting counterpoint parts are very kind of busy, but the melodies are very pure and simple. And this is an example. It feels like an old, uh, you know, organ piece or a piano like a or something. Or something. Like, it's that's one of the things that I think the VRC six helps sell and. You're right. You know, another thing that's so sparse about it is the the bass is very simple, and there's like no real percussion. So it's, yeah. it's it feels much more like you know we talked about the classical inspiration behind Castlevania series in the last episode, and it feels closer to that because there is no bass or beat. Uh, it's not trying to to be a rocking track, which is right. exactly well. It's kind of like that second movement of the Moonlight Sonata where everything picks up. Mm-hmm. Where it's just yeah. like every second there's a new thing uh-huh. happening, and there's never any sustain it's just constantly moving well now it's back to the the japanese version here we're going to play one of my favorite tracks i think we played this in our forest episode in season one uh really probably one of the best forest themes i can think totally, of yeah. I remember when we were making that episode it's like oh we got to do this mad forest let's take a listen Man, that's such an interesting chord. You guys are listening to Mad Forest from Castlevania 3. I don't know how you'd uh, notate that chord in a theory class, but yeah, no, this is just, I love the band. The sound of this VRC6, it's it's just a really lush, full, rocking This is a band. great melody. This is just classic Castlevania music right and, here. And the melody that you get from like the VRC6 where it's just like this other melody that's kind of layered beneath yeah. it, that's yep. kind of like, it's really spooky and playing with like the core melody and they just kind of blend together in this sort of like double helix where they're kind of playing yeah. with each other and it's this is about as uplifting as any track in the game gets that's this a good is point a little happier which it's is a little well, it's bit like happier. all these composers had to get a let take a lesson in counterpoint and how to harmonize in a sort of a sense that has a in a way that has a sense of movement to it. Now, one thing I always wonder with these collaborations, we have four composers here. I'm wondering if was one person delegated, the main composer, okay, you're going to do the most like kind of classical, traditional, Baroque kind of prelude and type things. This person, you're going to do more of the rocking things. Or do you think it was just like split up on the tracks and what, you have to be able to do everything? Yeah. It's hard to say. God, that's a really... I wish... I wish... You know, we're lucky in some cases to get the correct composers on the tr- on the game at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, man, I really <laughs> wish we could get some insight into that uh, yeah. that theory. But you know, you know, maybe there's some insight. I haven't watched all of the digging in the carts uh, mm. documentary about Japanese video game music yet, yeah. but um, maybe there's some answers there. Very yeah. cool. So now let's move on to a track called Rising. Here we go.
really interesting. You guys are listening to Rising. Really yeah. a standout track. So, so ominous. So ominous. Really one of the most tension-filled pieces of music in this soundtrack. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about either one of you about kind of the use context of this in the game? Oh, I really like the... Oh, context in the game. I well, we you, you know, one thing to point out is talking about like the density of this soundtrack mm -hmm. you were talking about before is why there are so many tracks is because this did something interesting you know there was a I think Belmont's Revenge that lets you choose you know there's a level select like a Mega Man style level select yeah but unlike you know Castlevania 1 which was linear this one you'd hit different breaks and you'd hit forks in the road yeah and you could choose different levels throughout the entire game and then meet up with different characters it was a nice like way a, it wasn't like Mega Man where everything's open to you yeah. but you definitely did have a little bit more of a sense of choice and right. there were three characters as opposed right. to just one and you could make it through the entire game without hearing some of these tracks or playing some of the levels. So wow. your second playthrough, you could choose an alternate route and then hear a completely different soundtrack. I think something that I've and always that really... And to do that on the, you know, the 8-bit world is so impressive yeah. ahead totally. of its time. Yeah, and something I always really appreciated about this track is that opening little riff, that little arpeggio. Note by note, it's very creepy. It's, it's very interesting and kind of ominous and very kind of edgy. It was always something that like... I was just always impressed when these series could give me kind of like chills or a, a little bit kind of spookiness. Well, it's slower and more contemplative than the rest of like yeah. the entire soundtrack. And I think that is sort of like a weird emotional shift. You're yeah. Like, oh my gosh, and I, I like it's like uh, oftentimes I feel like these games try to use delay or something to have the feeling of like echo and like you're in a giant space. But here there's sort of a musical sense of call and response. We have da 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 da. And that it. I feel like subconsciously there is a feeling of like um, a large kind of robust space where things are echoing and reverberating. I was almost hesitant to put reverb on all these tracks just to bring all these into our software and just like put reverb on everything because I feel like that would get us further into that world. There are people that do that on YouTube. If you listen to some of the versions, people add their own reverb, Yeah, which is cool. Uh, sometimes I like to do that for Shin Onigashima whenever we played that. I always like to add reverb just because it kind of gets my imagination like so going. class, especially yeah. you have the. Da, yep. da, 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 da. Well, now let's move on to dead beat. Two words, dead beat. Here we go. Love that track. The intro always kind of sounds kind of taunting to me, like, like someone's like laughing music. at you. <laughs> Is this that ramp up feels like I, I know exactly what you're saying. This, yeah. this could be boss music in like in my world, especially but, the right. intro. But yeah, we were talking about how there's a surprising number of tracks in the soundtrack that have no percussion, no drums at all. But this is one where it doesn't really feel like it's lacking because the bass is just yeah. in your face. I think the drums would make it a little too transparent because the groove is very specific in here, and it's also a slow enough tempo where the drums I think would cut out in a in a way that would almost might take you out of the experience where I feel like a lot of this Castlevania yeah, music is meant to be immersive and give you the emotions and empower you and stuff. My favorite piece, my favorite part of this piece is the bridge section, the part that happens right before it loops. Man, that's so interesting. The yeah, rhythm, the, the chord changes. Yeah. Cool. 
Really cool stuff. Well, now we're going to move on to, I think, one of the most solid melodies in the game. This There's is... a lot of eerie riffs in this game. Yeah. yeah, and every way they're elevating, they're really evolving um, the series musically. So now we're going to move on to Stream. I love this track. Here we go. That is super, super solid. You're listening to Stream from Castlevania after Dracula's Curse. After a couple tracks without percussion, this it's, one really kicks it back in. This is yeah. pretty rocking. Yeah, yeah rock. talk you about a hooky melody. And another example of like a great motif, and this isn't done in sort of a Beethovenian way, but just in sort of a classic, you know, video game melody way. I think if I were to show someone maybe one track from this game or from the series, this is such a great one to show them the marriage of rock and classical. Because this one is really one of the most most groovy, boom, boom, boom. Really interesting bass yeah. and drum part, but it's very classical. Right. And that combination is almost more personified in this track. Well, that's why I feel like almost that motif anyone that I agree. Almost feels like a rhythm that you could get in, in classical only, music. This only happens bit. in Castlevania. Well, something I want to talk about that motif is a, a lot of times I feel like with melodies, you have sort of a nugget, um, like a little rhythmic motif, and that'll carry you throughout the phrase. And then the B section might incorporate that from the beginning and carry you in a different place. But what right. I like about this, the B section starts in a completely different direction. We have the da, 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 da. But now we get the motif back da 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 to like end the phrase it's brilliant. Dun, dun, and then they go dun 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 yeah dun, dun. and it's and very like well thought out somehow that part always reminded me of like sonic music another just, element like, a really classic of this form. soundtrack that i think is maybe the most solid of the whole series musically the intros some of the best intros yeah, that a lot yeah, of times da, they da, don't da, ever da, come da, back da, to da, but da, yeah this one they do come back to but ah oh, the all intros these, are so good all these songs are just immediately recognizable yeah and, and set the tone just right out of the gate well now let's play a track called encounter here we go Cool, you're listening to Encounter, which feels like the sequel to Prelude. <laughs> I think by the same composer who did Prelude, most likely. Uh, yeah. A lot of similar instruments, but it's creepy. It's so creepy. I remember this and is beautiful. one that really kind of... it's It tugs with your emotions. It, it really... It's a powerful piece, and it... it I think it happens in the game. Like I said, there's three characters that you can play, and you don't start off with like a character select screen, but you end up meeting them throughout your journey, and you can choose to play as sort of either one. And the encounters aren't just kind of like innocent at first. I, I think I remember there being like some tension between. Well, you meet like Alucard, who's Dracula's son. Yeah, and it's like, well, you're gonna help me kill your dad or what? <laughs> yeah. So some dark things going on for that. <laughs> 
All right, the so modulation now, in that one is just like super natural, but mm-hmm. like it that totally colors like the whole emotional. Yeah. Aspect now we're going to move on to another very close contender with track of the week. There are a few of these. This is maybe my personal favorite in the soundtrack. It it's the most you know maybe the most accessible and catchy. I would say in the soundtrack. This is Aquarius. Here we go. so awesome you know it's kind of subtle but slowly and slowly even by a few seconds they're increasing the lengths of the songs in this third game this is about 41 seconds versus you know most of the first game was like 30 seconds or even less than that so it's a little bit more evolved and what i love about this piece is the a section is like just stereotypical great video game music it just sounds it could be in a lot of different series but the b section really introduces a lot more um kind of classical darkness with the like the yeah it plays underneath the main melody is just fantastic right super super good all right i think now it's time to move on to demon seed this is a really cool one let's take a listen guys listening to demon seed from castlevania 3 this one's interesting to me because i feel like this almost sounds like it could be from another game like this one feels the least like castlevania music to me like right. it's compared really to the rest of them funky the well, starting it with funky just the cool. and it's, it's kind of conservative you know what i mean yeah. like it's definitely not as intricate and not for it's not like a you know a knock against it it's a good point of contrast I yeah think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this I believe this this says uh, stage eleven basement. Is, well, so much of this is. music feels music. like it's starting off with sort of all of its tools being displayed at once, like and this one's yeah. just starting off completely groovy, and instruments kind of fade in and come out at will. It almost feels like. It, it makes the impression that you're dealing with like a large ensemble where it's like, well, we might as well add this color rather than sort of like we really need to use all of our resources. Yeah. Otherwise, we can't. One thing I think is it. interesting is I can only assume this game is way longer. Obviously, the soundtrack means that the game is probably way longer. Well, too. especially if you're, I mean, because you, you're 
encouraged to play it again because of mm-hmm. the branching path. So it's longer in that there's replay value and you can choose but different paths. But in one paths. sitting, it's not necessarily you know, longer? I think it's I think it's comparable. It's way harder, so you might end up playing it longer. Right. But I think it might be a little longer than the first one. But I'm so curious with this era because we're not playing Deja Vu, by the way, guys. That's the um, pretty, you know, that's when they when they harken back to uh, Vampire Vampire Killer. You know, and we've I, been forgetting that name a lot <laughs> these last few episodes. I think the reason why is because I know Vampire Killer is the name of Simon Belmont's whip of the family so, Belmont mm-hmm. whip. Yeah, yeah, I keep thinking like whip whip. What is it? But it, but anyway, uh, we're not playing that because we played the track last week. Uh, but that version's a little bit different, and to hear it with VRC Six is really exciting. Um, you know, if you're a kid in Japan. That must be exciting in whenever this came out. I to think hear like ninety game music from two. another game it's, being remixed. It was it was so great. It's such a great uh, callback because it's not just like hey a nod to like oh vampire killers back in the game like yeah. you know bloody tears might you know. be somewhere else because like in two thousand fourteen it's like oh vampire yeah Killer exactly again. it's but, like oh you got to have a Castlevania game with it but the context is important in Castlevania three because you come back to the castle you're on your like the entire game is a build up to like you know vampire killer doesn't play until later it's once you're going back into the castle walls yeah. again it so starts its playing, context is different and it's, and it's supposed to be the same castle from well, Castlevania. Well, and it works speci- because since one. Castlevania 3 is sort of a prequel of sorts, even though, you know, you're playing as Trevor, Trevor and not uh, Simon and right. even by the time you get to the castle, it's not like it's like reliving the events of the original Castlevania, but it does sort of color it sort of like that that theme almost comes later in this story where it's like it only it's exists when you first get to Dracula's castle and then that also serves as the beginning of the original Well, castle I'm looking here and it looks like stage 14 main hall is when Deja Vu comes and that's that's a powerful placement of the game like if they had it the first stage it'd be like okay that's cool but no, like it's, it's like I finally made it back to Dracula's castle and, and here I am. What I love about it this soundtrack is that it's so big that they didn't have to include it's not like there's a lack of good tunes. Like it'd be one thing if Castlevania two they they did Vampire Killer because there's like only a few tracks in that game. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it's like there's already so many great original pieces that to add that on top. And maybe there's someone who didn't play the first game. It's just going to be awesome. So the next track we're going to play is called Riddle, and that is Stage Fifteen Castle Leg. Let's take a listen. This is actually the NES version. The other second track we're going to play uh, the North American version here of Riddle. is one of my favorites. Uh, I'm glad we played this North American version because I wanted to play one rocking track to hear that it still does rock. Oh, you yeah. have that classic combination of the Konami drum samples mm-hmm. with the triangle bass, and man, that's classic. This really, a- the first thing I think of, I always, I always think of Contra when I hear that. Oh, um, funny sample you know and like this is another great example of a castlevania song that like has a great intro and then ditches it where like it just sounds like it, it kicks <laughs> yeah. in with like this really fast melody and then just sort of breaks down mm-hmm. and then yeah. rebuilds the song 
That's a great point. How, yeah, it's it's really. I think that's something that there must have been a discussion about. That like all these musics need to start with like a heightened level of energy, and then if you want to bring it back yeah. down, that's something that I noticed. Where it's like things don't actually start off really small and grow in these games. They start off really intense, and then they get smaller, yeah. and then they grow again, and then by the time at the end of the form, we're really intense, and then it can transition back to that intro, and it feels like we're at the same level of intensity. It, it's really kind of a cool way of starting you kind of showing you where you're gonna go musically and then that's an taking you point. on a journey there's, there's a little there. journey within each one of these what tracks. i love about this yeah. track is the tempo feels like maybe one of the fastest boom 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 yeah. that's what the rhythm section is doing right. underneath it which that's such a groovy syncopation and it's I helpful it. to have that sort of crazy digital sort of arpeggio just like almost like harp like if you notice the if you listen to this again guys the drum beat i was listening to this is it's very interesting it's not going it's not doing a double time snare it's pretty much it's just the hi-hat and kick it almost sounds more like a jazz kind yeah, of move I love it it's such a of course it would this would happen in this era of Japanese game music that they would do right. that there's also that one voice that happens where it's just like a super super bright high-pitched voice that slides down yeah. I think it's towards the end of it such an odd out of yeah, place it's really interesting sound. that they have colors like that that almost feel more like sound effects or eerie yeah, sort exactly. of ambience that's less about like a distinct mu- musical tone like a and sliver of metroid like, in there there's yeah. something about this track that feels so technically impressive to me especially when we're playing this nes version the arpeggio that is just blisteringly fast but it's so well composed you know they good job on singing that by the way <laughs> Thank you. you know that they composed it one note at a time and tried to make sure that right. it was you know it's a very carefully like crafted arpeggio controlled frantic Arpeggio. I know. love that idea. We, I remember we made a track. Was it Density or um, Boundless, mm-hmm. where you were playing this really fast, and you played it like five thousand times slower to compose every note. And then when yeah. you speed it up, it sounds effortless. Well, I did and a lot cool, of that stuff but, right. when we were working on that space shooter because there was a yeah. lot of the music where I wanted to sound like, but like mm-hmm. really crazy like riffs. But and it's actually not well like composed. A, yeah. yeah, you can't just do it. Yeah, exactly. Really, really cool stuff. Let's now move on to Pressure. This is back to the VRC6. Here we go. Interesting. You guys are listening to Pressure, really one of the shortest loops in this in this soundtrack. Um, but it kind of you kind of forget how short it is because I mean I don't know just something about again they're masking the loop in a certain way. Yeah, it gets more mileage. Well, it's it's so it, it, this is one of the shortest loops because I think this is one of the hardest levels. It's sort of an ah. endurance run, and the whole thing is just like a climb. And I feel like that short loop just really feels like don't yeah, give like up. Poison, don't give like poison up. Mind. Isn't that interesting? How you combine a short loop with a really difficult level, and somehow that really fits better in a way. It kind of reminds me of the the last Dr. Wily stage music from Mega Man 2, how it's just constantly modulating up and climbing. And The Dr. Wily never... 2, not the classic one that everybody knows. Right, like the final <laughs> stage. Which wow, just it's keeps like, modulating. It gets 
it's not necessarily a shorter loop, but it's a shorter musical idea. It's the, the musical idea is like 10 seconds and they just modulate it like 12 times. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like there's sort of a similar effect of it's like your last legs on like climbing a mountain and it's just like, but in some ways it feels ironic on. to me because if you're playing a level that's challenging, wouldn't you probably spend more time on it? And wouldn't this yeah, make you get sick of it quicker? I don't, I don't know because I think it's mirroring the emotions. Like you get sick of the level from playing it so many times, but I almost yeah. feel like that music is helpful. There's like, just, there's just something really nerve wracking about it. You know, yeah. it's like the same thing, but changing a little bit. Like, you know, I always think of like John Carpenter's like Halloween theme or something. Totally. It's, yeah. it's really effective and it changes very subtly. Uh, and it, it's, 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 it's pretty repetitive. Well, I think it's less there to make you feel comfortable. It's, it's trying to make you feel like tense yeah. and at the edge this, of your seat. This could be boss music. Again, it's yeah. another one of those where it's like, this could have been the final form of Dracula. Yeah, and that's why a I feel lot like of it's a smart decision to music. make music like that be in one of the final levels of the game. I just would love, and I don't think this ever happened in this era, but, and I talked about it in the first game, like if for a credits theme, if all of a sudden it was just like the Metroid credits where it's super happy and played, <laughs> like that would be so out of place, but kind of fun in this era. Especially for Castlevania music music because yeah. all the music is like sort of being a wink to the audience yeah and i feel that that's what i love love about hip tanaka where it's like that's the one time where he kind of nods at the right. audience and says hey look at this fun music well now we're going to move on to the track called overture and this is in stage 16 castle keep 2 let's take a listen guys That is a very unique piece of music. You guys are listening to Overture from Castlevania III, Dracula's Curse. And listening to this, this one very unique musically reminded me a little bit more of film score. You know, trying to match the emotions, but not necessarily trying to come up with like a simple catchy tune, which a lot of these pieces still, that's still what they're right. going for, just a catchy piece of music. Where this one feels a little bit more, I don't know, subtle? What, what would you say, Will? Well, you were talking about how it's sort of like underscore mm -hmm. a little bit more. And I think that's kind of true, especially if you looked at um, the world of film music at the time. I mean, obviously, because of something like Star Wars and a lot of John Williams and Steven Spielberg, you had sort of a renaissance of traditional Melodies, symphonic yeah. music as score. But in a lot of 80s movies, we can't forget that there was a lot of sort of synth kind of scores and mm -hmm. I think that's what this like reminds MIDI, me of general just sort, MIDI, of the yeah. sort of but less about like general MIDI where it's trying to sound like instruments more where it's like intentionally synth and I, I feel like that line that din, 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 that's like the kind of yes. thing you hear in S 80s music speaking of John Carpenter before yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> like that kind of synth thing and maybe you'd have a piano but then also these weird yeah. synth I like elements. that this isn't too scary though I mean no. this piece is, it's it's kind of a little tense but it's not Very that moody. scary and the way that they, they, they link it back to the loop 
loop that kind of breakdown the like dun, 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 really dun, interesting dun, 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 you don't dun, know dun, when dun. it's coming when the loop is actually yeah, coming. yeah again they mask they almost like kind of erase the point if you had two pieces of film that you're connecting they like erase right. where it's happening the best kind of loop yeah. great the best kind of loop so now we're going to move on to the final battle from castlevania 3 and yeah this is dracula's last form let's take a listen here we go is intense that's a really good final boss theme i feel like someone traveled back in time and gave beethoven like a 12 pack of red bull or something like that <laughs> like that's just that is the I impression it. i get because well, it, it I ramped think, up from that's the beginning. why people always think like beethoven might not really mind rock and roll because of right. some of like yeah. the crazy kind of shredding stuff like he i would love rock and like, roll that, that, that second movement of the moonlight sonata is just my favorite for how noty and intense it is and it's like and also I think Always people have said, uh, I've heard people say that Beethoven would really like Muse, the band, because oh, you don't think of completely. how much classical influence they have when yeah. they rock so hard. This track, I don't know, you were saying, is this also used in another boss theme, the boss battle in this game? Well, yeah, because the when you fight Dracula, it's uh, impossible, <laughs> and uh, there's three forms of him. It's similar to the first Dracula, it's like the first form is tolerable, but then you have two other forms that are just impossible. One of which is just like a weird amalgamation of yeah, heads and then you fight him, and then, and then it's like there's this third form, and then it just like modulates a half step and gets even more intense. So it's really the same song, but just gets progressively faster. Why won't this thing die? That's so cool. Well, we're going to actually switch the order of the last two tracks of the game. Uh, we're going to play Flashback, which is the credits theme. We're going to play that first because we want to actually talk about that proper. And we're going to fade you guys out today with Evergreen, which is the ending theme of Castlevania And that Evergreen 3. is uh, kind of like what Tim was saying in last week's episode, how it's more like the ending of the original Castlevania, but here they do kind of indulge you with a more lyrical mm -hmm. final and credits theme. So let's play the credits theme first. First, which is flashback from Castlevania 3. Enjoy. Such a great combination here. I think this is one of the most effective credits pieces in the 8-bit world because you have a beautiful, soft kind of ballad, a romantic piece of music, but then you have the boot -de -boot -de -de and dance space. It's like hitting you with the nostalgia and the melancholy thing. That's like This is why I love video game music, is, is, mm -hmm. is music like this where it's just like, I don't know. It, it always struck me when I was a kid. It's like I'm having these really profound emotional experiences with not just like video games, but like old video games in particular. Yeah. There's something so strange about it because, like the the you know the credits roll as 
uh, Trevor and whoever you beat the game with are watching the castle crumble. Uh, or maybe it doesn't crumble at the end of the first one. So it has to be standing for the first mm-hmm. Castlevania, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but um, And that's more traditional, very melancholy. And then you get this extra little bit of credits music, which is this. And it's showing sort of like, it's called flashback because you're seeing like images of uh, you know Grant and Alucard in action. Right. And it almost reminds me of like an 80s movie end credits. Like it's yeah. showing all the characters, what, well, what they're up to. And this is the part reflective. where this is just like classic video game goodness. It sounds like Mega yeah. Man. It sounds like Koji Kondo. Just like it's, those really indulgent Japanese. You were saying it reminded you of the intro to Mega Man Nine. It yeah, really does. I point. think that must have been an influence for that and, game. But I think something that I love is it's like it's presenting it in the way that it starts. You know, this game starts with Prelude with that kind of arpeggiated mm-hmm. thing. But while that feels so on the nose to that Baroque or classical style, there's more. This is kind of taking you out of it. It's sort of like how you mentioned Hirokazu Tanaka that end credit stuff for Kid Icarus or Metroid where he right. takes you out of it. I feel like this is doing a similar thing where it's it's making it modern for a little bit to kind of give you a sense of closure of the experience. It's also as triumphant as any song I've heard. Like, there's like no respite really in the series uh, as far as just kind of like either you're going to feel creeped out mm-hmm. or really amped up or kind of it's going to be um, kind of melancholy. And this is just fine. Like, all right, you did it. Well, and I think people, it. it's, it's hope. There's a lot of hope in this. People, yeah. even still, as much as we love old video game music, I think they take the 8-bit music for granted a little bit because I think they think, well, part of the charm, it was in these great games and they were just like fun, you know, catchy music. But it's like, you know, when in modern games, when we try to go back to those 8-bit styles, it, I mean, Shovel Knight and something like that really is unique as far as how faithful it is to that music and just the caliber of good melodies. It's like, it's something we, I just, I really hope we appreciate enough how great that music was. And really some of the seminal points of a lot of people's childhood memories were playing those old games in the 80s and 90s. And And the fact that people took the time to craft such beautiful music. We talked about it, but how much of the percentage of the experience was this music, you know, Right. At least fifty percent. Well, I think Who knows also this game is an that. example of this game is an example of how a company like Konami shows that they really value music and think music is important to the fact that they were even willing to design and put a new chip into the cartridge of the it's game awesome. specifically for the music. Sometimes it's we got confused in the past. Uh, we said VRC seven. Now that was the FM chip, which actually was a drastic improvement. That added six FM channels. I think there was one game. There's only one game that was ever released that used that. It's more common nowadays for people that do their own remixes and chiptunes and stuff. But yeah, this is a VRC6. We had such a great time. We're going to play you guys out with Evergreen, which is the ending from Castlevania 3. But you know, Tim, we want to thank you once again for coming on both these episodes. We had a great time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Like, honestly, this is such a cool experience. Like, I don't, you can't say enough about this series music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite game series it's one of my favorite collections of soundtracks and man like to be able to sit down and talk about it as enthusiastically with people that one really love these games love what this music is all about but can also teach me something about you know why i love mm-hmm, it so much totally. and, and what's happening musically is like yeah super valuable uh for me so thanks awesome. for having me guys. tim we gotta have you back we i know we talked a little bit with emily emily reese from top score about having um all like four of us on the podcast 
together on Never doing done our that first before. maybe a blast person podcast. Maybe we could get Marty in and make it five person. Make it five. Just keep going. That'd be fantastic. Get more people in. Yeah. And then no. you know, if if there's anyone that's listening in the uh, you know in the the Twin Cities area, we're we're gonna be doing a, a panel together at the uh, uh, Gamers Rhapsody, which is yeah. a, a Minnesota first year Minnesota game convention. Yeah, we gotta announce Absolutely. that the the four of us, Carl, myself, Tim, and Emily, we're all gonna be doing this panel. Tim was nice enough to invite us yeah, along. Yeah, that's going to be an absolute blast. So definitely, if you're even remotely close um, to the Minneapolis area, you should uh, come and check that out. That's the weekend, I believe, The is it the 15th? And the 16th. 15th yeah, and yeah. 16th, Look up yeah. Gamers Rhapsody. Very cool. Well, yeah, we're excited for that, and we're excited to keep going on the season. We have some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, Nintendo Month, guys, coming yeah. very, very soon. Next week, so awesome. look forward to that. I can't wait. Once again, my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Thanks so much, guys, and thank you, Tim. Thanks. Peace out. Have a good week. Thank you.